I want to make sure that the audience is involved mm-hmm. in the show, as in that they are a part of the experience. I find that when I go and see live performances and the and the singer is almost not arrogant, but just it's about them and and you are and the audience is passive. Mm. I find that I don't know. I I I, I like to create a, a a fun, warm atmosphere where people feel that they can um, sing along and enjoy. And welcome to Songwriter Trists. This is an intimate podcast that is connecting songwriters from all over the world. I'm singer-songwriter Ray Lee. Music saved my life and I love talking with other artists about the power of songwriting and their journey to where they are today. This is a safe space to share stories, lessons and emotions, all the great things that build an amazing song. Please support the podcast by subscribing or you can buy us a coffee all through the website songwritertrists.com. Welcome to A Songwriter Trist with Lucy Burke. Thanks for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really glad that we're finally doing this. Um, Why don't we start by you letting me know uh, who are you and where do you come from? Uh, Okay. Um, Yes, so I'm a singer-songwriter from Sydney and uh, originally born in New Zealand, but I feel that I'm very much Australian because my parents came over here when I was one. So... yeah, so born and raised, well, born in New Zealand, raised in eastern suburb Sydney. Oh, well, that's kind of annoying, isn't it? Because, yeah, like one year old, you have to, on the birth certificate, you're New Zealander. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You can claim both, though. You can claim both. I can. And, uh, yeah, I used to go back there twice a year with my dad until I turned 12 and then the flights kind of, you become adult, so he stopped taking me as much because he was cheap. Oh, but yeah. Um, yeah, you know, so I still have my his whole family is there, and um, I still got that connection, but I definitely don't sort of feel New Zealander. Mm. Oh, I, my parents honeymooned in New Zealand, and I have never been, so it's on oh. my bucket list. I am trying to come up with a reason to go over there, play a show, or do something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it is so beautiful. You've seen Lord of the Rings, right? Yeah, so well, yeah. And all I love of that film, scenery of that. is real. Like all of that scenery is mm. is just breathtaking. It's absolutely beautiful. The Hobbit was one of the first books I ever read as like a child, like a novel that I read. Um, and I love, I love fantasy sort of stuff. So um, tell me about music. What's your relationship to music? Where did that come from? When did it start? Yeah, so my my dad is actually, he plays piano as well and he had a band, um, you know, in the 70s uh, mm-hmm. called the Grime Street Gang and my mum was the backup singer. So I've sort of always had mm-hmm. that uh you know, family connection to music. And and I was always singing from a very, you know, from an early age. And I did, I was in the choir and I did a cappella and things like that at school and had those opportunities, which was great. And then when I left high school, I formed a band with a friend, um, you know, and she's still a really good friend. She's, she's a musician herself. And we kind of started gigging and, you know, you do the busking and all that sort of stuff. And then, and then eventually I just wanted to do my own solo solo career and I've just been kind of doing it ever since and performing 
around Sydney. I've got a tour coming up at the end of the year in um, Adelaide and Melbourne. So it's just really nice. Yeah, for, you know, we could actually start to do that since COVID and um, start to kind of branch out a little bit more because most of my shows have been in Sydney. So really looking forward to kind of expanding and doing a little bit more interstate. Yeah. Right. So you were born into it. You don't really, you haven't known anything else other than this life, it sounds like. Yeah. Well, I, 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 when I was in year nine, I fell in love with Leonardo DiCaprio, like so many other girls. Like everyone else. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Romeo and Juliet, you know, it really just, that was the oh, moment. Titanic. And, um, yeah. <laughs> Titanic. <laughs> uh, so I fell in love with him and then, I, and I wanted to become an actress. And my mum was just like, just, yep, yep, do your acting, but just be- keep the singing, keep the singing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, I'm going to become an actress. And she's like, just, just, you know, you'll come <laughs> back to it. I eventually, yeah, I, I did come back to, I just love the, I love the creative, um, but also collaborative process that you have with music, you know, mm-hmm. and it's, it's ongoing. You kind of build something together. Whereas drama performances, they, they run their course and then that's sort of done. And I mm-hmm. like it that music you just it's sort of there forever you know you record an album you record songs and it's just you can always go back and see these moments these memories and um it just becomes a part of your your life so Mm. yeah I love that I think that's why I'm into film as an actress rather than not so much stage production um as much as there is the magic in the live show like the live show even in music is a it's an experience I think what makes it so special is the fact that it's it's for that moment and that is only the people that are in that moment will ever get to understand what the magic is. And that's Absolutely. what's so amazing and, about my, live music and live live theatre. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful but I agree. I like to have like something to tangibly have as well. Yeah, I yeah, I, I agree that, that live music when you have that audience interaction and it really is just that moment in time, whereas a, an album you can revisit. And so they both have their special place. Um, mm. Yeah, beautiful. No, oh, it's beautiful. Okay, so what brought you back or like when did you write your first song? What was What is it about music that you think um, outside of just, you know, obviously parental influence? Was there a moment for you that really went, oh, yeah, this is me too? So I wrote my I wrote my first song for my year six my year six um, teacher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so cringe. Uh, <laughs> but that was my first, you know, sitting down at the piano and writing writing a song, and it was all about birds and oceans. <laughs> it's just mm-hmm. really really childhood um, childish kind of song. It was really sweet. And then just high school, you know, when you're all hormonal and everything's really dramatic. And a lot of my, a lot of my really good songs actually from when I was sort of 17, when, when there, you have these moments that are so in hindsight, not that dramatic, but because you're so in touch with your feelings and everything is so heightened, you mm-hmm. create these quite um, intense love songs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and later you're like, I had no idea what I was talking about, but <laughs> you're pretty good songs because you're just tapping into this feeling. Yeah. yeah. So I a lot of my that. Yeah, my first album, Botany Street, um, that was all songs that I'd written kind of like maybe when I was 17 up to like 25. Wow. And they're all, I, yeah, I, I, I called it Botany Street because that's where I used to live. Yeah. In, in Bonner Junction. And and I've always been obsessed with the Beatles and mm-hmm. my mom used to sing the Beatles songs to me when I was younger. And she, um, so I kind of had this like homage to um, Abbey Road because we recorded yeah, okay. album. We oh, recorded Bonner cool. Street at Abbey Road. And then I was yeah. like, oh, they've called it, a, you know, a street name. So I'm going to do the same. And <laughs> yeah, all of those songs are just about 
life and you know growing up there and it's all dedicated to my family and friends and that's beautiful and sweet and brave I don't know if I would ever release anything (laughs) over it as a teenager it would be like a punk rock angsty album (laughs) it was just like I'm angry at the world (laughs) (laughs) I was never punk I was more just like uh, you know hormonal and you know introspective and writing diaries and yeah Easy, I so. love that. I love that. So, at what point? At what point um, in your career would you feel like you, it went from being something that you did in high school and was a hormonal form of expression to going like, oh, okay, I'm going to have this as like this is going to be my job. You know what I mean? And we all go through that. Like, what do we actually want to do with our lives? What was that experience for you? I had that moment where I I could have been doing like I was like, do I want to do this as you know, singing and, and doing a, not a covers band, but like you know, because when you're starting out, that's where the the, the pay is. You know, as a mm. as a covers artist, you you want to kind of form a band and do cover songs and things like that. And I was like, I just don't know if I want to. I don't want to go down that path. I would rather be pursuing, um, you know, original music and and doing kind of bigger shows that way. So when I was able to to, what am I trying to say? Like it it doesn't happen overnight. It's sort of like it's a gradual process where you're performing around and you start to sell tickets and then you start to be like, okay, I I can do this a little bit more more seriously than just um, kind of playing a few covers here and there. But it's it's something you just kind of keep evolving. It's not Mm. because, yeah, unless you're Adele, you can't just switch on and switch it on and go, okay, I can do this full time and then then earn money from it. You have to find your path. You have to – try a lot of different things you have to you know perform in a lot of different venues get feedback evolve yeah and um I just kind of kept doing it I don't know if I ever made a a conscious decision like this is this is going to be it it just I just kept doing it and kept doing it and then it just kind of became have you ever analyzed your songwriting and seen like or, or do you know what the purpose of your songwriting is like what the 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 why behind you know spending all that money and that time and effort recording it and releasing it and um other than maybe you know your first one for your friends and family but like it's out there for the world is it do you know why you're doing that or what you want to leave behind yeah well I guess it comes back to our original point of capturing moments like I I love the idea of I mean, with music, there's so many components to it. So from a personal level of why I keep doing it is because I just have this burning itch and this burning desire that I can't get rid of. Mm. And no matter sort of, not that I'm wanting to get rid of it, but I hear a song, I hear it in my in my, in my my mind, and mm. I just want to hear it in its totality. And so that requires, you know, you, you record on your phone and, and it's just like, that's, that's not it yet. It's not it. Mm. I want to hear how it would sound with strings. I want to hear how it would sound with drums. And then, and then I just like, okay, I want to book in a studio. I want to actually kind of see what, what that idea in my mind can actually be if it's in its finality. Mm. And, and then from there I go, I, I love this. And then I want to share it with people. So it actually comes from 
like from quite a personal, just just a desire to hear what's inside me come out. And then I want to actually sort of share that with the world. And I just, I love the idea that music, God, it sounds so cheesy when you say it, but it really just brings people together, you know, like doing a live show and you get everyone and you see all your fans and your friends and and it just, it, you're just creating memories constantly. And I just, yeah, I like that. I like that I you can look that. over your your discography and you've got you're like oh this is when I was playing with these people and this is when I was with these and you know and you've got that sort of way of it's not it's like a photo album but it's a music album of your life mm. and all of those moments and those memories that you've had with people so yeah it's never really been a, a, a like I take it very seriously and I want to and I really pursue it but it's more from a I just I can't stop <laughs> like yeah, I just yeah. I don't have yeah, an I, obsession. <laughs> It, yeah, it's something that you just keep like wanting to to hear and create. Um, yeah, music and moments. Mm. I think that's just the creative part of you <clears throat> that is coming out that wants to keep building and creating. And um, yeah. I can definitely identify. I'm sure everyone as a songwriter can identify with that. Yeah. Do you um, collaborate much in the way of songwriting, or do you find it's more of a personal thing? How does that work for you? So I write the songs and then I bring them to um, either a producer that I'm working with and we brainstorm and we think about how we want to take the song. But then also live, um, I will kind of um, it, not instruct, but I might say, what about this mood or how about this type of drum and what do we think about this and what's the mood we're going for? And then they will come to the party as well. So I, it's not a, me telling everybody what to do. It is it is quite a collaborative process for for the live show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you ever done co-writing? Is that what was your experience with that? When I was with uh, that friend Simone from school, and we formed that band, Lilia. Mm-hmm. We both wrote songs, and we both kind of worked on the songs together. But most of the time, yeah, I haven't really. I collaborate with the arrangement of songs, but mm-hmm. I don't collaborate with the songwriting itself, like the lyrics. Yeah, I've never really sat down with someone. Um, not because I'm against it, it just hasn't really happened. Most of the people that I play with, um, they're like the musicians and yeah. they there might be other songwriters and they write their own songs, but we don't, yeah, I don't really um, collaborate with That's the songwriting. Okay. Yeah. It's, a, it's an interesting thing and I didn't collaborate with anyone for a long time, um, mm. but it's a whole other experience as well. So it's an interesting one to learn from other people what their experience is around co-writing and, and how they adjust <laughs> in those circumstances because it's always different. Um, yeah. With the, the lifetime of experience that you do have and from your parents as well being musicians and, and singers, what would you say has been your biggest life lessons that you almost like have become your musical mottos in the business? Like how do you, that you can give us as advice? I want to make sure that the audience is involved mm-hmm. in the show, as in that they are a part of the experience. I find that when I go and see live performances and the and the singer is almost not arrogant but just it's about them and and you are and the audience is passive, mm. I find that. I don't know. I, 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 I like to create a, a a fun, warm atmosphere where people feel that they can um, sing along and enjoy and that is that sort of is a is a driving force behind my live shows. I don't know if it's necessarily a motto, but I just mm. want to be conscious of of my of my environment and of of the people that come and see me play and just kind of honor that 
that they're paying to see you play and that that you kind of want to make sure that they feel you know seen as well it's, it's the entertainment factor isn't it I mean mm. you're obviously an entertainer um mm. and I, I do the same thing I love to talk to people and engage the audience um mm. and I've I realized for me I've realized in this job is that entertainment and, and songwriting are two different beasts and almost two completely different. You know, you can have entertainers that aren't songwriters and you can have songwriters that are definitely not entertainers. You get those two together, you've got a message but you've also got entertainment to it um, and humour and personality and all that stuff that kind of lines the two together. Um, it's a completely different ball game. How do you marry the two? Do you feel like one's more of like, you know, more instinctive or – you know, as a songwriter, do you feel like that's the thing that pulls out but the entertainment's the harder part or, you know, do you feel it's the same for both? I feel like, they're, yeah, they're, as you say, they're two separate beasts. One mm. is one is personal and, and creative um, and sort of alone as well. You're, you're writing mm. by yourself or you might be working with one producer or you've got your band. But that is, is very much... Uh, yeah, you, you're not performing for anybody. You're performing for yourself or just your musicians. And then it has to translate into a live performance. Um, I guess with my, with my um, you know, without getting too technical, from I, I try to create mood in a live show as well. Mm. So where you place the song will be quite important um, to have those highs and those lows. And then hopefully the audience will be able to appreciate the, the subtleties of your of of your songs of kind of when you wrote them. So if you write a really soft song, you need to place it in a particular part live. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it yeah. actually engages the so audience in the correct way. Yeah, yeah. Do you have like um a filtering process? Like does every single song that you write end up, you know, being recorded and, and being performed live? Or do you have like a way that you go, okay, I've written a song, I show this person and then I, you know, might play it live a few times or like what's your system for I guess validating the bedroom private alone song to is this something that should be in the world I guess if I if I record it and I put it out there then that's that's like okay I'm I'm done if Mm -hmm. as in there's no question about whether I'll perform it live if I put it out there then I can perform it live it's no longer just a, a little demo in my bedroom um do you ever play them live before you've release and record them not really to be honest I mean maybe I should maybe I <laughs> yeah maybe I should and actually get some feedback before I release it um but I guess that comes back you know oh, I feel like this is therapy I'm learning so much about myself. <laughs> I guess it comes back to that original point about what we're saying where the song is I just want to hear it how I want to hear it Mm. you know it's 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 in my head and then I want to create it and I go okay this is it this is what I've been trying to get to and then I'll release it because if I hear other people's thoughts beforehand then that's sort of kind of going against that initial wanting to just scratch that itch Mm. I'm not I'm not writing a song for and to be honest yeah well and then I'm also contradicting myself because I'm like, it's not the <laughs> and I'm like, it's not at all. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I kind of, I, I, I want to, I want to hear a song how how it's in my mind. Um, but then that also can be, you know, one of one of 
critics of me, like a few critics have said, that I can't stick to a genre. Like I've got some dance songs and then I've got acoustic pop and then I've got jazz play when we play live. And I struggled to No one sticks to a genre. None of the good ones. Yeah. Ray Charles didn't, you know. Dolly Parton doesn't. I like to think of myself like, yeah. They don't. They don't. Like the the big artists who are songwriters. Don't stick to a genre. They might have a bit of a sound because their voice is the sound. Like Ray Charles, right, or Dolly Parton, they have a voice. Yeah. It doesn't matter how you produce it, their voice is going to be their voice. It's very instinctive. Yeah. And so they have that yeah. sound. But the genre, mm. um, I don't know, I call BS on <laughs> most of that Well, stuff. but, you know, but it's hard though when, you, when you're putting in things for Spotify and they want you to narrow it down, like what genre, yeah. genre are you? And I go, oh, this song doesn't fit those genres from my last song. Um, so it's whatever it you want it to be, apparently. Yeah. Well, that's what I try to tell <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, if I hear this song and I want it to be like that, then that's how it should be. But yeah. You know, for better or for worse, I, I'm not too sure. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I avoid that conversation in this. Uh, I think that comes down to production. A lot of songs can be produced in different genre styles. Um, anyway, I, I digress. Yeah. Um, Tell me about your inspirations. So if you could collaborate with anyone in the world, dead or alive, who would it be and why? Number one, Beatles, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I've always loved them. It's ever since my mum would sing those songs to me. It's just a part of my, uh, it's so much, so much so that when we play live, I have to play a Beatles song. Mm-hmm. Beatles Which song, one? Yeah. A different songs. So last time, last show that we did last weekend, the weekend before was um, we did Blackbird and then the time before that we do a really slow, beautiful version of I Want to Hold Your Hand. And yeah, beautiful. Yeah. So we do just. You find that they, their music heavily influences your music mm-hmm. in your writing? I mean, I don't even know if people, I'd be curious to see what other people think, um, if they can hear Beatles influences in my songs. Some people said, oh, this sounds a bit Beatles. I don't think I sound like the Beatles. I just I just love their lyrics. I love how they are honest and it's about daily life and not every song is about love, um, you know, because I, I write quite a few songs of just from different people's perspective and, um, like, I try, you know, I imagine what other people are feeling. Like, I've got a song about <laughs> a woman that is, I wouldn't say a prostitute, but it's more of like someone who's, um, like a like an escort, and mm-hmm. that song is from her perspective of just these men that kind of come with her and then they disappear and from that moment they're kind of leaving on a lie and that's why that song is called Leaving on a Lie. Right. Um, but, yeah, and I just, so not not everything is from personal experience. A lot of it is actually how I imagine. No judgment if it is, that's fine. <laughs> and no judgment, but that's what I want. Like you never really no hear from a perspective like that. So I like to take, you know, ideas of people that you may not necessarily hear from and just imagine Mm. what that would be like. Yeah, okay. Mm. I love that too. I love that storytelling side of the power of art through film and music where we can capture a side of society that maybe like like wouldn't normally be accepted. Um, And I love it when they do this in film as well, when they take someone that's heavily judged in society Mm. because of something and actually just show them as human beings because the reality is that's who we are. We're all human beings exactly. and we all, we're all we all born essentially the same way. Um, 
little bubbies that need mummy's milk and need love and all the basic needs in life. And it's, you know, we all end up differently because of life circumstances mostly. And it's interesting how we then superficially start to judge each other and categorize each other and put each other in class and all sorts of things. So, um, yeah, I love it when art really like challenges society and that sort of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And just showing different perspective, like, yeah, it's, otherwise it gets boring. And that's, it comes back to the genre of like how I mix all the genres up. I just want to keep it fresh, keep it interesting. Don't want to be doing the same thing just because you have to, you mm-hmm. know, like say be categorized as a particular thing or a particular style. Like, well, Tina, know. I went. I saw Tina Arena sing this year, and <clears throat> she gave this great speech. But one of the things I loved about her was essentially like, you don't have to do anything as an artist. It's your job to break all the rules and push the boundaries of society. And like, she's a real artist rebel. And I'm like, yeah, I, I feel like I really resonated with her when she said that because it's like, yes, as an artist, we're not politicians. We're not here to make everyone happy. We're here to challenge people, trigger the crap out of people because when we're triggered, we grow as a society, and that's. Like that's what artists need to be um, yeah. for society to evolve. But I don't know. I think we just need more artist warriors out there saying what they want to say without any, oh, I have to do this or I have to do that, you know. That's cool. What have you got coming up? What's um, what's next for Lucy Burke? Yeah, so I've got um, – I'm launching a song. I'm releasing yeah. a song. Uh, it's called On the Edge and I, it's, I'm releasing it at the end of July. I think oh – what, what date is that? 26th of July. Mm-hmm. And, the, uh, and then I've got a single launch that I'm going to be doing for those that are in Sydney and they want to come. It's at Foundry 616, which is this beautiful jazz venue that we often play at, cool. um, right in the heart of the city at Ultimo. And we've got a big launch. So I'm going to launch it and then I'm going to be touring. Um, it's called the On the Edge Tour uh, around sort of September, October in Adelaide and um, Melbourne. So, Amazing. yeah, exciting things happening. And I've the video clip will be released as well and I've just shot it at the beautiful Enmore Theatre. It's amazing Yay. and I can't wait. Yeah, oh, just I can't so, wait to see it. Yeah, I just, I've always wanted to play there. It's such a beautiful space and they allowed us to film. And Because I, <laughs> I love Shakespeare uh-huh. and you know how um, in Macbeth he has that self-fulfilling prophecy that he'll become mm-hmm. king. Mm-hmm. And he just tells himself that he will. And I just think, well, if I, like a self-fulfilling prophecy, I'm just going to go and I'm going to film there and then one day I'll be having a huge big show there. So <laughs> I love that. Make it happen. Yeah, I, manifest your dreams, absolutely, manifest and put it. yourself out there. Yeah, 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 I'm a big believer in that. And yeah. sometimes Every- you get even better things than what you actually want. Absolutely, and you gotta you gotta picture it, and you gotta like put it out there in the world, and then see what happens. <laughs> in the form of a music video. <laughs> That's right. In the form of music. It. If I can be there, then it will happen. <laughs> Do you know, one of my one of my dreams is to perform in Sydney. I've not done it yet. Um, not for lack of trying or people asking. I just haven't got to that point. But I really, yeah. There's so many places I'd love to perform and play, and oh, I'll get down there, and maybe I'll check Excellent. out this foundry. Yeah, well, we play a lot and we're always looking for, you know, other artists to perform with. So, yeah, hit me up when oh, you're in you. Sydney and we will uh, team up for a show. Awesome. All right, well, um, is there anything else you would like to say? The floor is yours. We've got 10 minutes. Where's the uh, 
No, I mean, it's been so great talking to you. And for everyone who is keen to check out uh, my upcoming single, you can head to my website, lucybergmusic.com. It has all the links and stay tuned for that release in late July. And if you're in um, Adelaide and Melbourne, you want to come and see some shows, please sign up to my newsletter and all Instagram and all those sort of things. And, um, yeah, I look forward to seeing you at a show and – yeah, it's all exciting and I thank you so much for having me on. Well, I hope to get to see you live. You have to come up to the Gold Coast sometime and put on a show. That'd be awesome. Um, I'll put all the links so that people can find your websites and socials and music all cool. on the podcast um, website, songwriterist.com, and it'll also be in the description of the podcast wherever people are streaming it. But thank you so much for your time. I'm glad we had this thank chat. You so yeah, it was so nice to talk to you. Thanks for joining our songwriter Trist today. To join the family and keep up to date with future podcasts, you can follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram and Twitter. Please leave a review and subscribe. To support the podcast or contact me or our guest, please go to the website, songwritertrists.com. Crowd, no one can hear.